Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Orange Shoe Podcast and another book review segment. In this episode, Katie, Scott, and I review the book Switch by Chip and Dan Heath. But before we get to this episode, here's a quick message from our sponsor. Is your nutrition preventing you from reaching your goals? Do you enjoy eating healthy, but don't enjoy or have the time for all the prep work? If so, then I highly recommend checking out Lean Feast. Lean Feast is the premier meal prep service in the Madison area. They take out all the guesswork and provide you with quick, healthy meals on your schedule. The best part, you get to choose what goes into your meal and how many you purchase. Let's say you struggle with eating healthy lunches during the work week. Then you could go there, purchase five lunches, and eliminate that struggle. The meals take three minutes to warm up via microwave or stovetop, and then they are ready to eat. Season with your favorite spices to add your own little flair. Gone are the days of running to the drive-thru or skipping meals altogether because you failed to plan. Head over to Lean Feast today and use promo code OSPODCAST for 10% off every order. You will not regret this decision. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Orange Shoe Podcast. And today I'm going to be talking about how to supercharge your results. So I'm going to create a baseline here first. So let's say you're someone who joined Orange Shoe, joined a gym. And your initial goals were just to lose a little bit of weight, maybe 10 to 15 pounds, um, gain some strength, and just overall feel better about yourself, right? Just kind of regain that confidence, create more energy so you can keep up with the family, the kids, and just just feel good in general, all right? And now let's say you've been going to the gym for you know a few months and you go two to three times a week. And now you feel like your body has reached that plateau where you're like, man, I'm not seeing the results that I felt like I saw in the first couple months. Or you feel like now you're ready to like bump it up a little bit. You feel like your body has adjusted to the stimulus that has been being placed on it on a weekly basis, the two to three workouts a week. And you're just like kind of ready to like, you know, kick it up a little bit and try to like supercharge your results. Like I want to try to get a little bit more out of my week to week and all my workouts. And I'll start off with real quick before we kind of get into the kind of the four main areas we're going to be focusing on. And this is very Orange Shoe specific. Let's say you're somebody who um, joined Orange Shoe and you started off with just a two to three personal training sessions a week, um, you know, roughly 30 minutes long each. And uh, you've been doing that for a few months. I would recommend maybe that the first thing you do to maybe supercharge those results is try a small group. Um, and Get out of your comfort zone a little bit, jump to that one hour small group, get a little bit extra training in that session um, and challenge the body a little bit more and you know put on a, a different stimulus um, because our bodies are smart. So they'll start to get used to those 30 minute sessions. And so it's amazing how just bumping it up to that one hour, that extra 30 minutes of moving can really kind of change things up a little bit and really kind of get that past you, get you past that plateau and kind of feeling like you're moving um, forward again. Um, but now I'm going to kind of get into four areas in which that if you've reached this plateau or you're ready to bump it up, these four areas you can kind of assess and figure out, you know, what is the low-hanging fruit or maybe which one of these four, if you started to put a little bit more attention into it, would really start helping you get over that hump or supercharge your results. So first, the four areas we're going to talk about is uh, your food or nutrition, uh, your sleep, your movement. And when I say movement, I'm thinking like outside of the gym. So if you're at the gym two, three days a week, what are you doing the other four or five? 
Um, and then the last run, your stretching and recovery. So we'll start off with food. So after you kind of sit down and you kind of write these four things down, food, sleep, movement, stretching, and recovery, and you kind of assess, usually you can want to start with the one that you feel like you're doing the worst with. The one that is like the low hanging fruit, the one that, man, if you just focused on it just a little bit more, it would probably yield the most results out of all four of them. And so I'm not going to do this in any specific order, but we'll kind of start with food. So let's say food is that thing that is your low hanging fruit. And you're like, you know what? Yeah, I'm really good at working out um, and getting to the gym. I'm consistent. Uh, I sleep fairly well. I, you know, go on walks and I, I do stuff outside the gym. And, you know, yeah, I foam roll, I stretch, and I don't feel like mobility is an issue for me. Then, you know, you pick food. And now one of the big things I've noticed with people when they want to start focusing on their food is they don't have any idea what they're currently intaking kind of when it comes to the calorie side of things. Um, they're just like, oh, you know, I think I'm around 2,000 calories. I think I'm around 2,500 calories. And that's the first step. And I, for most people, I usually recommend taking a one-week food journal. Um, just every day, write down what you ate, rough estimates of you know how much, things like that. And then at the end of the week, using like an app like MyFitnessPal or the thousand other apps out there for tracking your food now, and just getting a rough idea of what that kind of calorie intake looked like. Um, and that that might help you now if someone if you're someone who's focused on a little bit of weight loss. Um, understanding how many calories you're eating is going to be very beneficial for you to make change, right? We can't optimize something um, that we have no information about. So kind of get that, get that information, track those calories, um, and just kind of get an idea where you're at. That's going to be really helpful. Now, that was more on the quantity side of things, right? So calories are more like the quantity, how much food you're eating, how many calories you're eating. Now it's maybe, maybe you feel like your quantity is pretty good. Um, let's look at the quality, right? So the quality is going to be how you feel. So I think the quality of your food is thinking about, you know, single ingredient foods, lots of fruits, vegetables. Um, we're not going to fast food restaurants. Um, we're cooking We're cooking in at the house a lot more following recipes. Um, you have more control of what's going inside that meal. And the quality of the food is really going to change how you feel in general, right? We've all ate that really bad quality meal that, you know, fast food or the, the, the greasy pizza, and yeah, it tastes great, but then, you know, 30 minutes later, your just stomach's heavy and you're kind of regretting that decision. You're like, oh man, like I, I feel really bad right now. Like my stomach is just heavy. I feel like I'm very lethargic and I just want to sit down. Um, and so changing up that quality can really boost your energy levels, how you feel. Also now talking vitamins, nutrients, um, all the other good stuff that comes from eating a, you know, higher quality diet. So those are the first couple of things I would look at for food, your quantity and calorie intake per week. If you don't know, you can't make a, you know, a proper change and then the quality of your food. Um, and that's just really going to affect how you feel. So that's the food. The next one, your sleep. All right. So sleep is something that um, could be the most important one on this if you're not getting enough of it. Um, and I know a lot of people, if you've been into a, a bad routine of sleep, or maybe you're in a really, um, you're in a tough time of your life right now, cause you might have newborns, right? You might, you might have kids where just sleep is just really hard to come by. Um, and that's when you just got to do your best, um, sneak in those naps when you can sleep as many hours as you can at night. Um, but if you have none of that, if you don't have newborn, or if you don't have any kids, things like that, where you feel like. Now, the reason you're not getting sleep is not necessarily due to those reasons. It's more so that you're just not prioritizing it. 
um, Netflix is keeping you up a little bit too late or, um, yeah, you're, or you're just not getting to bed early enough uh, for your wake up. So with sleep, we usually recommend, you know, that's seven hours minimum. Anything on top of that, I think is just gravy. Um, and I think sleep can be something that really will kind of help supercharge those results because if you're not rested and you're not recovering, it's going to be really hard to want to wake up at 5 a.m. to get to the gym at 5.30 when you went to bed at midnight or 1 o'clock. Um, at that point, if you're going to bed at midnight, 1 o'clock, and you're doing a 5.30 a.m. workout, I would almost say I would prioritize sleep at that point and just sleep and, and miss your workout and try to find a different time of day to work out. And I know you might say, Tom, like the mornings, if I don't do it in the mornings, I, I just can't get it in. Like I, I, the evenings are crazy. And then I would just say then, okay, what's more important? You know, is it working out in the mornings and getting your workout in or sleep? And if working out in the morning is where you have to do it, then you've got to get that sleep. You got to get to bed earlier. You got to try to shoot for that seven hours of sleep. So that is super important. Something that's usually overlooked and we all kind of write it off. So that's where I'm kind of going to leave it there for sleep movement. So you're coming to the gym two or three days a week, but outside the gym, you're not really doing anything. You kind of just, you, you, you know, you think about it as a rest day. Um, you kind of get, you know, you're not really, since you don't have that accountability, you don't have that session on the schedule. Working out is not really in the front of your mind on those days. Um, you kind of just go about your normal day. Um, so if that's you, then maybe movement and being a little bit more strict and planned with what you're going to do on those days outside of orange shoe in your sessions. So that could just be a simple conversation with your trainer. Hey, hey, you know, outside the gym, one or two days a week, what do you think I could do to really kind of help me supercharge my results here? Like I want to kind of get moving um, a little bit quicker. Um, I want to try to ramp it up a little bit. And that might be a simple just at-home bodyweight workout. That might just be making sure that when you're Outside of the gym, you're getting the, um, you know, getting close to 10,000 steps a day. Now that the weather's getting nicer, getting out, getting that, that walk in. Um, it could look like um, maybe a yoga flow or a stretch, like a stretch session um, at home. And just kind of following those guidelines is like something is better than nothing. And it doesn't have to be at the same intensity in that your workout is at Orange Shoe. You know, doing something at home for five to 10 minutes and you start consistently doing that two to three days a week outside of your workouts. Um, can really lead to a lot of really great results um, when you add the value of time in. I mean, you do that for six months to a year, that little bit of movement will really, really stack up. So maybe looking at how you could add a couple days a week um, of a little bit more movement um, outside of the gym. So there's the movement. And then the last one to go into is the stretching and recovery. Um, this one is another one of those that I think kind of just gets forgetting, uh, forgotten about. Um, we're all really good at working out and knowing that we need to move our bodies and sweating and breathing and, and lifting all that stuff. But when it comes to when we leave the gym and we go home and stretching, um, that uh, we don't, we just don't do it. We know we should, we just don't. Um, unless we do it at the gym in your session and the, or the trainer says, Hey, make sure you grab that foam roll or do some, do some foam rolling before you leave. Oh no, no, I got one at home. I'll do it at home. We all know that's not happening. <laughs> so with the stretching and the recovery, um, one, this is going to be you're going to prevent injury, right? And we all know if we get injured and we have to miss some time at the gym, obviously we're not moving in the direction of our results and our goals because we have to take time away. But it's also going to allow you to recover faster so that next workout you can hit it just as hard as you hit the last one and get more results from that workout. Um, one of the big things with stretching and recovery, I think we all kind of take this approach. We take a reactive approach instead of a proactive approach to this, meaning reactive meaning when I'm sore, I'm tight, something is bugging me, 
now I will stretch. Now I'll foam roll because it's, it's impeding my day. I don't like the way I feel. So now I'm going to do it. When we should be taking more of a proactive approach to this, being like, even when you're not sore, even when, you know, your hips are not bugging you or the cytica isn't flared up or the low back feels great. That's when you still should be stretching and foam rolling. Because when you're doing it at that, when you're being more proactive, you're going to now push off you having to be reactive because you may not get sore. You may not have that twinge in the low back because you're preventing that stuff from happening. You're maintaining, you're recovering faster. You're maintaining your flexibility through your joints. Um, and especially if you have uh, a job in which you're at your, you know, you're at your desk for eight to 10 hours a day, um, it's going to be really, really important to make sure that we're stretching, we're foam rolling so that when you show up to those sessions on Monday, after a long weekend, of not doing too much, you don't tweak your back in that first movement. Um, and so that this is going to allow you to stay, keep your consistency up at the gym and it's going to allow, um, and kind of push off all those little aches and pains. So this is a big one that I see that, you know, we'll have, I've seen clients where they get into a good groove at the gym for two, three months. And then all of a sudden, boom, they slip a disc in their low back, they pull a hamstring. And next thing you know, they're having to modify their workouts and, and take it easy for the next, you know, four to six weeks. Um, and now they feel like they're behind the eight ball again. They're like, oh man, I know those four to eight weeks. Now I feel like I've lost all my conditioning, my strength. I feel like I got to get back into it. And then when we're not moving our bodies and we have an injury, we tend to kind of now start skipping out on all the other stuff I talked about. We, we, we stop prioritizing our sleep because we're not working out at five 30 in the morning anymore because we're taking a couple weeks off because of our injury. Um, I'm not moving anymore outside the gym because my back hurts. So I'm not going to really do any stretching or I'm not really going to do any sort of like body weight movements at home because, you know, my back hurts and then our food, because we're not moving and we're not, you know, sleeping, things like that. Now food becomes something that we just kind of write off and it's now more comfort. We're not paying attention to it because you're like, why I'm not working out. I'm not training. And you kind of like throw your hands up and say, kind of screw it. So it's amazing how one little injury can kind of spiral and neg negatively affect all the other areas in which I talked about today. So that's a quick little way for you to kind of assess and look at and how to figure out how to supercharge the results that you want to get at the gym, right? Sitting down, assessing those four areas, your food, your sleep, your movement outside the gym, and then what does your stretching and recovery protocols look like? Find the low-hanging fruit. Find the one that you feel like you're doing the worst at. Pick that one thing. And then start focusing on doing it a little better for two minutes a day, right? The James Clear two-minute rule, the two-minute habit of start small because even on your worst day, the most unmotivated worst day you've ever had, you could still do two minutes of something. So start there, do that for four to six weeks of two minutes a day of that new habit and start to grow it after that. And uh, you're now going to take something that was maybe a weakness for you. You're going to turn it into a strength. And voila, you just supercharge your results. So there you go, guys. I hope you enjoyed this one. Please reach out if you have any questions or you need some help figuring out maybe what your specific thing is. All right. Um, ask your trainer. You could ask me. I'm more than willing to help out and talk to you guys. So let's find that thing and let's start supercharging those results. So there you guys have it. Have a great rest of your day. As always, thank you so much for listening, everybody. I really appreciate every listen that I get. With that being said, if you have any feedback or any questions you would like answered on future episodes, please use the link in the bio above to submit me a quick little voice message you could do right from your phone. I would love to hear from you. So thank you so much again for listening and have a great rest of your day.